Faye, Sue, Sue Nickel, I'm going to block you on this if you don't show up once in a while. <laughs> Too many people are going to bedside assembly. <laughs> but I understand. I'm glad we're able to do that. So it's good to have Carl and Ann back from their journey around the world. <laughs> Seemed like it was around the world, didn't it? And Rod and Sandy, it's good to have you guys here. And Missing Larry and Lily Hutchison. I'm sure they'll be here hopefully next week, but they were here last week. But we're glad you all are here. We started, I guess you missed two Sundays, didn't you? So we started uh, that last, that Sunday, I've started teaching on the light of the world. Uh, we finished The Single Eye the week before. So I've got that book published now, and I've got it released to be able to order on my webpage. And then also I finished the book of Romans finally after about three years. And I've got it published, and I'm waiting for a, a, a proof so I can look at it and make sure everything's right. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, it's, it's fun to get things done and get things out there for future generations. So I'm excited about Lynn Garner teaching me how to publish my own books. And my daughter has made the covers for the first two of them and kind of teaching me how to make my own covers on Photoshop, and that's fun to do. So um, that's uh, it's, it's, to me, I'll talk about it later on, but this last year, even though I've not felt well in body, I think there's just some supernatural things that have taken place for me to be able to do what I've been able to do in writing, and I'm expecting to get more and more done. Uh, the, the truth, I was sitting there last night, this morning, and I feel my best when I'm in there studying. <laughs> you know, so that's just feeding on the truthful word, and that's, you know, it is true. When you're feeding on the truth and you, you feed on the word of God, it does bring life to you. Yes. And so I've said this many years, if you have problems and whatever it is, the best thing to do is feed your way out. So that's what I'm doing. And laugh your way out. Laughter's good for you too. So uh, uh, the, the title of chapter three here that I've, I'm working on right now, I titled it, The Light is No Longer Hiding. You ever felt like you've been in hiding? That there's a light inside of you and you know something, but you're kind of in hiding because not that you're hiding, but that people aren't able to see it. And, you know, the light has always been shining, hasn't it? The light is, the, is the, the, the life and light of God. It's Holy Spirit. And it's always been shining. But there, like I said last week, there's really no such thing as darkness. All darkness is is something has come between the light. If you're on the other side of the world at night when the moon is over on the other side reflecting light, the light's still there, right? It's still shining but something has become between you and that moon, and that's the other side of the planet. And so therein we understand that religiosity, a lack of, endurance, a lack of, uh, a, a lack of knowledge and understanding and various things and distractions uh, block the light that we are. And we are very much distracted by a lot of things. And, and I won't get into it, but these world systems really promote a lot that distracts us. And that's why we must uh, constantly press in to who we are and what we have and, and just say no weapon formed against me can prosper. And those things are weapons that are set up, but they're powerless unless we give them a power. So father's sons who are called out from amongst them, if you would, are sometimes termed unproductive by those who outwardly have large venues in the religious field. I had a, a, a dear brother that I love very much uh, last week pretty much write me and tell me that there's, you know, that he cannot endorse what I'm teaching, you know, and I said, that's all right. I have no problem for that whatsoever. I said, I still love you and you're still my brother. And I just said, I understand because I do understand. If you're steeped very heavily in your belief system and where you've been all your life, then when brighter light is shining, you can't see it. Right? Because there's something coming between you and that, and that's what you've always thought to be true. And I discovered some things yesterday and this morning when I was studying that's, and I'm not going to share it today, but it's even a greater revelation 
of, of, of truth in the Bible. And, and if I shared it, people would probably stone me today. You know, <laughs> like 20 years ago, if I shared what I know today, they would have stoned me back then. You know, there's some guy out there that wants me to be stoned, and I hope I never get to meet him face to face. <laughs> no, nah, it wouldn't bother me at all. But these popular ministries in the religious arena are not aware that Father has, I believe, a chosen people who are consecrated for this hour. And they have been chosen, you know, and they have been uh, anointed and they have been consecrated. And I believe I'm one of them. And I'm not bragging about it, but there's a lot of people that are that way. And at times we seem to be in hiding. And I think what that is, is we're waiting for this many-membered body to want to hear truth and, and to realize that this life that they're living is not life and life more abundantly. Whether it be uh, poverty-minded, sickness-minded, whatever it is, whatever we're going through, it's not the life that God brought for us. And so what they're waiting for, uh, these people, the, we people who seem to be in hiding, and what I mean about that is we're not popular amongst the crowds. We're popular amongst people that are waking up but not among, amongst the crowds and the religious establishments. And so we're waiting for uh, this many-member body, uh, son, to be born in a corporate body, which is what I titled the Virgin Church, made up by many religious people. But they're still virgins. They're still holy. They're still righteous. And uh, it, it will be a community of sons and daughters, daughters not touched by man. So that's what I mean by virgin. I'm not talking about... The, the sexual aspect of a, a man and a woman. I'm talking about by man whose breath is in his nostrils. Can you imagine, Anne, if we grew up never listening to a teacher that taught the knowledge of good and evil? Never listening to a teacher that taught us that we were not holy, that we're not righteous, and that we're sinners? What would our life been like? It, I know, it would have been amazing. It would been much. It'd be living in the cool of the day. If our parents and all those around us knew who we were, but yet we've all lived in fear. I forget the name of the movie we watched once, but there was a, a group of people because of all the bad stuff that was going on, I guess, in New York, in the world or whatever. They went out into a, 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 a forest somewhere and built a community and put fences around that community. And they were told not to pass that fence. And they taught their children that there were really bad boogeymen out there. And if you go out there, they're going to kill you. And finally, some of the children finally grew up and said, I want more than this. And then they came, they went through there, they got out, they realized the boogeyman was the, their fathers of that cult, that religion. And when they went out, they saw this beautiful world that they'd missed out on all their lives. And that, to me, was a real spiritual picture because religion pretty much taught us that there's a boogeyman, you know, and that we are sinners and we can't. They, they've hidden us, they put fences, if you would, around the cool of the day living, around the heavenly, and told us not to pass that because we're unworthy. And so me, to me, that's very sad. So again, I believe there will be a day where there will be sons, and when I mean sons, I'm not talking about male or female. I'm, the Bible calls, says sons, and there's no gender implied in that whatsoever. But I believe there's going to be a, a day when there are sons that have never been taught by apostles, prophets, preachers, teachers, evangelists, or pastors who are carnally mindful. I believe there are enough people today growing up and maturing. And if you don't believe that, look on Facebook. I remember Kay Fairchild and I just not too many years ago were talking about how we're not hearing anyone out there teaching what we're teaching. That's when we were teaching living out of our spiritual resources and, and, no, and, and the beginnings of no penal substitution and the other series that she taught and I was teaching. And we couldn't really find anybody. But now they're everywhere. Amen. Isn't that awesome? In just a few years' time, and it's not just because of our books or what we taught, but there are people out there that have gotten tired of the old. It wasn't working. And so they responded to the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God said, come up higher. And they did. And when they did, there were resources everywhere because light is everywhere. So in a good sense, Father God is jealous over the called out ones, the children of the earth and all children of the earth. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, Corinthians 11, 2, and I paraphrase it some because sometimes people think it was just Paul that was jealous over the church at Corinth, and he was, 
But there's a spiritual aspect to this that it was God in him that was jealous over him. So in 2 Corinthians 1, 12, it says, Therefore, Father God, having warmth of feelings as of a husband to you, with godly zeal, the reason being is Father, our Father Creator made you one mind, one spirit, and one body, being as many membered but one, revealing you as clean, pure, holy, sacred, and consecrated, not with a mistaken identity, the first fruit man, but with no origin but Father God. You are anointed as Holy Spirit, Son of God. So literally, God has called everyone, right? The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. But it actually says all are holy or all are saints, but few choose to live that life. So we're all holy. We've all been made holy. We've all been made masters of this world, if you would, in our world. But there's few that have chosen that because they don't know it. They don't believe it. They've not heard. They've not been told and they've not been taught. And so that's why I say there are some who are called out who have responded to the calling. I'm aware that, that, that people, you know, they don't quite understand this, but as we read scripture through the lens of our single eye, we must seek for the hidden, we must seek for the spiritual truths. I have had people many times say, why do you do this? Why do you have to uh, translate scripture? Why do you, you know, whatever, why do you go against the, the main flow? Because what I had before didn't satisfy me. Don and I both said in our church, I was there for 38 years. I forget how many of you were there, but we were dissatisfied. We weren't really learning anything. We were not getting any good, solid teaching that would help us. And that's when Father called us out and introduced us to Gary Garner. And Gary Garner taught us a tremendous amount of understanding. He brought us exponentially higher than where we were. But then there came a time where Gary got sick, uh, with Alzheimer's and and the the Lord drew me away from that and took me off by myself and I began to study apart from what Gary taught me and guess what it brought me up even higher and we should always be coming even higher and higher and higher I am not going to be like a lot of people that take a truth that I have and build a tabernacle to that truth I'm a tent dweller like Abraham wherever the spirit leads me that's where I want to go because I know I can trust spirit. I can trust the voice of spirit inside of me. I can't necessarily trust men or women whose breath is in their nostrils, who has their understanding in the carnal realm. So if it's not spiritual, I'm not interested in that whatsoever. So with that in mind, uh, let's ask a question that very few scholars and teachers and religiosities are willing to ask. What are the spiritual implications of the word virgin? I looked up the word virgin virgin uh, instead of virgin virgin and it's there's several different places where it talks about uh, a daughter it talks about a it's, it'll say particularly in the new testament it talks about it, it says a damsel it has nothing to do with somebody that has not had sex whatsoever in the bible and we've been taught that all of our life but so if we follow the rule of first mention which uh, i've always for many many years uh, knew this, that if you want to know about a truth, you need to go back to the very first mention in the Bible. So I went all the way back to Genesis 20, uh, 24, 16, where it used the word virgin, and it is spelled B-E-T-H-U-W-A-L-H, and it's pronounced Beth Olah in my way of speaking Hebrew. <laughs> you all know I don't speak Hebrew, right? <laughs> But it carries the meaning, it says meaning to separate, to separate. Now think about that. If we are called out ones, what's happening? We are being separated. And that's why I mentioned earlier is I'm looking for a virgin church, a church that's been separated from all that's carnal and all that's not truth. Then the next mention for virgin is in 20, uh, Genesis 24, 43, and it's E-L-E-M, it's Elim, meaning something kept out of sight. So doesn't that make sense? Literally, those who are set apart have been taken out of sight. In other words, those who are carnal can't see us. Those who are carnal can't affect us, if you would. 
There's no way that I will ever go set under carnal teachings the rest of my life. I'm not interested in reading books that are carnal knowledge. I've had many times people said, you need to read this book, you need to listen to this pastor, and out of respect, I'll look it up on the internet sometimes and read an introductory passage, or I'll listen a little bit, and they have some truth, but then they use all kinds of carnal teaching that destroys a little bit of truth that they have. And so I'm not interested in that. I want to stay out of sight from that. So in the New Testament, only Luke and only Matthew told the story of Mary being a virgin. The Apostle Paul never said a thing about it. Did you, ever know, did you know that? Never talked about the birth of Jesus, never talked about the Immaculate Conception, never talked about any of that. And so they, they talk about giving birth supernaturally, and the word virgin in those two verses only say a damsel. When Gabriel came, Mary was pregnant, and Gabriel said, you're going to give birth to Son of God. You're going to give birth... And they will call his name what? Emmanuel, which means God in us. <laughs> what was Jesus here to reveal to us? That God was in us. He was, at his time, he was the only man, woman, boy or girl, that was living in full knowledge of who he was. He was the only one that was letting his light shine. Nobody else let their light shine. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be correct? And so, actually, Gabriel came to let her know that she was going to give birth to a master of the cool of the day and to the greatest master of all, the greatest teacher. What did they call him? Master, did they not? They called him great teacher. And so he was the greatest teacher of all, and he was, he was the only one that, that came that was willing to enter into the death that the Jews wanted for him because he could have escaped that. He could have said no. In Luke chapter 4, I've said this to you many times, Jesus went up into a mountain by himself. Excuse me, went up on the, mount, uh, on the top of the pinnacle by himself. The wilderness means a place of been alone. He had to get away from the crowd. So he sat on the, on the wall of the temple and he had a conversation with God. And he had to settle two questions. Am I who you say I am? Am I really master? Am I really the master of this earth? You see, we need that conversation. Yeah. That's why nobody knows us. That's why the fame of, 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 of uh, mankind, of who they really are, is not known in this earth. And so he decided, yes, I am who you said I am. And then he said, am I supposed to go and die the, the, the judgment of the world, or am I supposed to stay here and take over and let everybody come to me for everything? And he settled the question, no, I'm supposed to enter into the judgment of the world. And the judgment of the world, for those that haven't listened to us before, was that the Jews said, we have a law. He declares him, he must die. He declares himself to be son of God. And that's called a societal judgment. The society, even to this day, they don't like people that goes against the norm, right? What are they doing to our president? They want him to die. There are literally people out there that have called for his murder. I mean, it's amazing how we haven't arrested so many people because they're breaking the law, but they hate our president. And in religion, they hate preachers that go against the norm. And in the medical society, you know, I look at people, I've talked to doctors that I go to chiropractors and they raise their eyebrow, and my chiropractor raises his eyebrow at medicine, right? And, and, and then you go to a banker and say, you need to stop making loans because it's causing people problems. And they're going to, what? You know, you're going against what we do. So everything is that way. So numerous places in Old Testament was referred to as a set apart one over and over and over. However, the translators used the word virgin when they're really set apart ones. Mary was set apart to give birth to the master son of God, to give birth to Jesus, the Messiah, yes. that the Jews have been waiting for all along. But he wasn't there to do what they thought he was coming to do. So what did they do? They reject him. Amen? Yes. And so she gave birth to that, and that, to him. And I believe we are who are experiencing what we call the great awakening today. I believe we have been kept out of sight from the religious crowds. You know, because if, if I had been... If I had been accepted, and I'm not against anybody, but after Pastor Garner passed away, 
And even before that, Rod, Sandy, you can remember sometimes when I would get up and teach and I would talk about how the word devil means this and the word devil means that. And somebody in the audience said, does your Bible say that? And another person says, no, my Bible doesn't say that. And people begin to shut their Bibles and shut me off. I know now that if I had been accepted by that crowd and the other crowds, I wouldn't have got to where I'm at today. And it's nothing against them. I love them. But if you're accepted by the crowd and you fellowship with the crowd, then you're going to gravitate to that because they have rules. And if you want to stay in that crowd, you can't pass that. Correct? Just like the medical industry. If you stop practicing medicine and you begin to prescribe vitamins and other things, you can lose your medical license because you're licensed to practice medicine and they only want you to give their, your patients medicine. So what does religion do? They only want you to feed them religion. They only want you to feed them what the King James says or what their denomination says. So much so that there are many denominations that the pastors have sermon books and they have 52 sermons in there and you have to preach those sermons every year and you have to agree with their doctrine or you're out. Correct? I have a friend down in Ada, Oklahoma. I think it was Ada that he was a pastor. He's not a personal friend, but an acquaintance and a friend. And one evening he was talking to his elders and he told him or his board. And he said, I'm not sure if I believe in a rapture anymore. That's all he said. And the next, of course, those gossiping people went to the board and the, the main board. And that next Sunday, the leaders of that denomination showed up and stripped his license and took his church building that he paid for away from him. Yeah. So I, I know I'm kind of going off track a little bit, but we've got to keep off. We have been out of sight from that to where they won't, uh, won't bother us. They won't hinder what we're trying to teach. And I know I've whined about it and I've cried about being alone, you know, and sitting in that office all by myself. And I wish the crowds were coming. I wish I had people to teach to. I wish I had venues to go to. But now after studying this, I understand I have been kept out of sight for a reason. And so have many other people. We don't have the crowds to go to yet, but I believe the crowds are waking up all over the world. And it's going to be a virgin crowd. They've not been touched by religiosity. So uh, <clears throat> I long for those kind of people, and they're there, and we get to teach them and we get to share with them. My calling out was 31 years ago, and I don't know why I did that, but this morning or yesterday when I was writing this, I, I, I just heard, look at the biblical number for 31, so I did, and that word is offspring, and it implies being fruitful and multiplies spiritually. That's what it implies. So I'm believing from this point on, and it's been going on for quite a while, that, that what's inside of me is multiplying and what's inside of me is producing good fruit. Yes. And Kay and uh, Dr. Don Keithley, and I don't want to start naming names, but all these ministers out here that's on the Facebook that we're connected with. And think about this, Facebook only lets you connect with 5,000 people and that's it. You cannot accept any more, quote, friends after 5,000 people. So we have supernaturally, in my opinion, been connected with 5,000 people that are not fighting and not arguing this. I no longer get horrible messages anymore. But think how many more 5,000s are out there. And you know what? I believe that there are called out ones ministering to those 5,000 and then the other 5,000. We have no idea of how this truth is spreading through all the world. Because just take the 5,000 that I have, and I think Kay's right at 5,000. Well, each one of them, how many are they getting to the point that they have 5,000? It's, it's a huge multi-level program that's teaching the gospel. So uh, spiritually, I believe, uh, I believe things begin to really take place even greater in my life in September 2018. And you probably don't know what happened then. But I quit teaching No Penal Substitution at that time. I still would like to write the third volume to it, and hope, uh, hopefully I will. But the Lord moved me to begin to teach living out of our Holy Spirit, or living as Holy Spirit. And then I wrote a book on that, 
And then all of a sudden, the next one was The Unforced Rhythms of Life. And I wrote a book on that. Do you like that book? It. It's awesome. And then the next one that we just finished was The Single Eye. Yes. And I did, I, the, the Lord threw me, but I did it from September to uh, three weeks ago. I was able to write those three books, finish uh, Romans and some other things I'm writing. And to me, it's supernatural. I, I believe Father has brought me up exponentially higher since then. Kay's been teaching the, the brain connection and the spirit and all that. And it's, it's, it's exponentially more understanding than no penal substitution. In fact, we could go back to no penal substitution and, and bring it up even higher. But we don't have time. So I was privileged to write those things. And there's been no other year that the writing has flowed and has been so easy for me. It just comes. It's not a struggle. I hear a voice that says, go to this place, go to that place, look at this, look at this scripture, and it just flows and flows and flows because we're living more and more out of the cool of the day. We're hearing more and more the voice of spirit, and the other voices are being tuned out. The stuff that I was taught before, it's gone. I, I, don't, I don't even have, I, I can honestly say I don't even have a sin consciousness anymore at all. And I, I believe more and more and more that my eyes and your eyes are seeing everything beautiful. Yes. No matter where we go, yes. what we do, what situation we're in, they're still beautiful. Yes. Amen? Yes. So there, I, there are many, I know there are many who seem to be hiding, but the time of hiding is over. The, the coming out is, is here today. And I declare that on all you guys on Facebook, it's time to come out. <laughs> There are a lot of other people coming out in carnal ways, you know, but they're still beautiful. They're still righteous. They're still holy. But we want to come out and be who we're called to be. So as I follow people on Facebook and other social media sites, I can see this great coming, uh, coming out taking place. I'm seeing powerful teaching through people who don't even realize who they are. And they'll write and they'll say, well, I know I don't know anything. But then I read what they write and they know a lot and I learn from them. And they awaken me to different things. So I can see this great coming out, this powerful teaching, these powerful posts, powerful videos. If you're not taking time and studying some of these people and watching the videos, you're wasting your time. I still I hear people say, I don't have time to sit and listen to our and 10 minute message. Yeah, you do. I'm not going to go down the list of stuff that you do have time to do, but it's not edifying for you. You know, I know people that play games for hours and hours and hours. Young people, but not just young people. All ages are addicted to these games that are wasting their life away. Some of them play all night long. Some of them go almost 24 hours a day. Rodney, you're not doing that, are you? <laughs> he had a little guilty look on his face. One Just one game. <laughs> one game. Yeah, I've heard of that. So this corporate, corporate set-apart ones, uh, let me write something down here. Apart ones is Father's canopy over the physical nations, and it's Father's canopy over the awarenesses of man. There's a canopy over people, and it's truth, and it's here. And our canopy is light, and there's a light shining. And I believe that there are people, uh, they are bringing great deliverance from the lies of religiosity and the birthing uh, of people who are true virgins to a real sense in this, to the real sense of the word virgin in this world. And we're birthing that. We're giving birth to that. I believe there's a young generation that's never been in church right now. And people have wondered this. I've talked to pastors. I wonder why people aren't coming anymore. I wonder why church numbers are down. There's some virgins being made. Mm -hmm. I so much am after those people. Mm -hmm. The people that have never sat and listened to religiosity. Because when they hear truth, it's going to ring inside of them. And there's not going to be something inside of them to resist it and push back. Yeah. Just like today, if I shared some things I saw yesterday... Even there's a lot of people who are following us now that might push back. But the revelation is greater and greater and greater. I can tell you this without a shadow of a doubt. This, this uh, man of sin stuff 
that we were we were all sinners because Adam was this that's not true it's never been true Adam was not a sinner Adam just sinned <laughs> you know and that word sin means miss the mark he forgot who he was and when he forgot who he was then he began to listen to the lie the teachers of, of, of good and evil you know so so have we we even though we're righteous and holy we I, I, I don't want to use the word forgot we were not taught who we were and we were not like what Paul told Timothy if you're going to study the Word of God study the Word of God to show yourself that you're approved don't study the Word of God to prove somebody that they're a sinner or, or to bring condemnation to yourself or try to get more money or better health or what better humanhood as Kate calls it. Study the word to find out that you're approved because until you find out that you've always been approved of God, you will not allow anybody else to be approved That's of God. Because you sure, when you're chronically mindful, you're not gonna let anybody feel better than you do. <laughs> That's why a lot of preachers don't let you feel good because they're chronically mindful. They don't feel good about themselves. So Jesus was birthed by Mary who was kept separate and out of sight. That's what it said. The word virgin said she was kept separate and out of sight. She was kept, I believe, away from this religious system. Do you believe that every Jew followed the Hebraic teaching? You know, I don't know. And I'm just, this is just me. But I believe she was kept separate and out of sight so religion could not come in and influence how she raised her son. Because she did not raise Jesus to be religious. She did not. She, she taught, I believe Mary taught her son a lot. I believe she was anointed to give birth to this child, to teaching truth. Until the messenger Gabriel appeared to tell her she would conceive son and its nature would be God in us. Now when you look it up, it says God with us, but it's God in us. In like manner, there are many people experienced being kept separate, they're out of sight until they hear something, until a messenger comes by the name of Roy Richmond, by the name of Kay Fairchild, by the name of Don Keithley, Alec, and I could just go the list that's on and on and on, by the name of Pamela Barker, there she is, or Baker, you know, whoever it is, when a messenger comes and says, God is in you. What was it like when you first heard that, that God was in you? God did not come in you. Holy Spirit never came in you. You never had to be filled with Holy Spirit. Never. You were already 100% Holy Spirit. You were already 100% God embodied. And you know, it saddens me. I talked to a dear sister the other day, and she just she wanted me to answer all these questions. And she just said, are you trying to take my Jesus away from me? And I said, no. I'm just trying to tell you what Jesus was trying to tell you, that God is in you and you are God in a body. The, the word God, I, I think it's Elohim, I may be wrong, but it's, it says God's, not almighty God, but God's. We are God's. We, we, you know, we, it's like God was, I don't wanna use that word, it'd be the wrong word, but literally everything that God is, we are today. Yes, amen. But we do believe in God Almighty. We believe Father God is preeminent, yes. and we believe that God all by himself created everything there is to create yes, in his mind. And I don't like to use the word his, but we, that's what people use. But in his mind, everything that God saw in his mind, he said, let it be. And it just came into existence. Do you realize that if you could get everything in your brain to line up with what God sees, all you had to do is say, let it be? It's that powerful because God said, let it be, and it's inside of us. And so as Kay said, and, and that, because I said we are creators, we create what God already created. Yes. We keep multiplying that. That's why the Bible says God made man, male and female to recreate himself. Yes. Did I just do my puberty thing there? <laughs> I do that every once in a while. So... What happens that until is until a first in rank messenger appeared to them and taught them the truthful word that would make them free from everything else. Isaiah spoke that in the future, an unmarried daughter, let me fix this real quick, an unmarried daughter will be with child and will bring forth a son 
and they will call him God amid us, A-M-I-D. And that, that's, that's paraphrased by me, but that's what he said, because when it, he said a virgin, it says an unmarried daughter. So Isaiah spoke that in the future, an unmarried daughter will be with child and will bring forth a son, and they will call him God amid us. So it happened, and the Bible says that he grew in all things. He grew to be a great master teacher. Every, there was, I'm trying to think what I want to say. He, he, I think it was 12 years old, he, his mom and daddy couldn't find him for three days. And they finally found him, where was he? He was in the temple. And he was having masterful discussions at 12 years old with doctors. In other words, doctors of theology, doctors of re religion. And if you'll read it, it said they were amazed at what he said, what he asked, and how he answered them. So he was a master at 12 years old. And he grew and he grew and he grew and he was the greatest master of all time. Now you say, now Roy, are you putting Jesus, making Jesus less than this? No, he, he's great, he's highly exalted. What he did for man was no other person has ever done. He suffered great sufferings. He was rejected. He was here with truth that would really make people free, but they wouldn't listen at all. So I magnify Jesus. Amen. And what happened? The Roman leaders wanted to kill him, and they did. And why did they want to kill him? For what he taught. So that same spark of life that caused Mary's egg to explode with Zoe life brought us forth in the same manner. Very same thing. God brought all of us forth, and I believe my mom was set apart to birth me to do what I do today. And I believe your parents were set apart to birth you to do what you're supposed to be doing today. And it just goes on and on and on. So it says, uh, it says in Luke 2.40, it says, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and Holy Spirit was him. He was Holy Spirit. And people don't teach on that too much. They teach a lot about Jesus, but they don't teach about how he grew. See, we had to, we had to rack, wax strong in our spirit, not, not make my spirit grow up, but we have to become strong in spirit to the point that there is no more carnality. There, there is no more me, myself, and I. And that's why Paul explained when Jesus died on the cross, he said, I died, I was crucified. Me, myself, and I was crucified. Me, myself, and I died, and me, myself, I, and I was buried. Then it's no longer, then he says, it's no longer I, the life that I live now is spirit. And it's so easy to do that, family. We just have to be conscious awareness of how we're thinking, how we're living, what our thoughts are. And we cast those vain imaginations down by the truth. I don't have to go to ice cream for comfort. I have the comforter inside of me. I have peace inside of me. So he grew in knowledge and wisdom so much that when he was 12 years old, again, they found him in the temple and he amazed them. And it says Jesus increased in wisdom and maturity. So if you increase in wisdom and maturity and you have full understanding of that which you're studying, then what do you become? You become a master of that. Just like I said last week, I think it was, uh, at our school, uh, Global Grace Seminary, we offer master's degrees. And so when a person, say, takes a, a master's degree in theology or whatever it is, when they get that degree, the assumption is that they have mastered theology. You know, a lot of people have degrees and they haven't mastered anything. They just got the degree. But if you want to be a real master in something, you need to have mastered that. You need to be able to speak clearly that and understand that. I don't want a doctor with a master's degree and, and medicine, let's just say brain surgery, to operate on me if they just kind of fluffed their way and just barely got along and just barely got that degree. I want them to be masterful. I want them to know everything there is about my brain. I want them to know exactly where to cut and exactly where to go in 
and exactly the depth of where to go to without hurting me. And we have set under too many ministries that are not masters of whatsoever. Amen. And so I'm just saying again, these called out ones need to come forth and allow Father to make them masterful teachers of the Word of God. Where literally they can cause like uh, I, uh, Ezra, that they, can, he, they can teach the Word and cause all people to stand up as one man. They make it understandable. So I say this day, Holy Spirit has been birthed from within us to without us. Holy Spirit is in us already, but it's been birthed from without us to where Holy Spirit flows, where people see us and hear us. All they hear and see is spirit. They hear the voice of spirit. They see spirit. They no longer see us as how we used to present ourselves. And we do the same thing with them. We see them as who they are. The Apostle Paul wrote to the community of believers at Galatia. He said, my little and understanding brethren, I experienced pain as in birth again, until once more you receive of the unction of your Holy Spirit in you, so that you can partake of the truthful word I have imparted to you. And so that's my prayer too. I, 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 I have suffered pain and, and, and anguish, have I not? And desired for people to get to this place that they can receive the truth and they can hear the truth. There are people that I, I have friends that I, I just would love for them just to listen but many won't. And then some do, but it just goes right over the top of their head. So if you're not yet awakened to who you are, I speak to you as a messenger of truth today, as though I have been in hiding for a while, experiencing the pains of birth, until you can receive with unction the voice of your Holy Spirit. And the Bible says we all have an unction of the Holy One, right? And we know all things. Yes. So if you will receive this with the unction that's within inside of you, you can hear. The time is now. Yes, I know it is now. Yes. There's, no, there's been no greater time in this earth that the word is coming forth that many people, many, many people are receiving it and beginning to tap into the spirit. The Paul said the time is now. He wrote, it's high time that you wake up. I love that when I looked that up and it translated it and it said, high time that you wake up. So we know all creation is waiting for sun to arise within all people. And Father supernaturally impregnated your mother's seed with Zoe life that made you the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And I know people say, wait a minute, I thought Jesus is the light of the world. Well, Jesus, I believe, is here now, but he's not been seen in a physical body. Because if Jesus appeared to all of us, what would we do? We'd want to get to Jesus. Denominations would start having big campaigns and inviting him to come preach and teach and heal the sick so they could do what? Brother Garner said, collect pop bottle tops. <laughs> right? <clears throat> so when I taught uh, from chapter 3, of this, what, what I'm teaching from this book, uh, actually from chapter 2, I'm sorry, I made mention of when we will all shine with the light of God's glory and how bright the world will be. Once uh, we see with a single eye, what will happen is we will see the whole planet filled with God's glory. The light is shining already. The people that don't understand or don't want to, their, their light is still shining. And what we need to do is see the light in them instead of seeing the darkness. Darkness is no understanding. We need to call, what, what is it, Anne, that talk about deep, under deep? Remember that we used to talk about? We need to see what inside of them is the full light of God's glory. And the only thing that's blocking that is what's up here between their ears, as Brother Garner said. That's it. And so and we're not going to try to make them the light. We're not going to try to get them to get saved or filled with the Holy Ghost or all the stuff that the church wants to do, religion, make them be faithful, make them work, make them help us. We're there to pull the light out. And how do you do that? You remove the lie, but we do it gently and we do it in love, but we do it. Larry Hutcherson was here last week and his wife and afterwards he said, why didn't you teach me this when I was 20 years old? 
Well, I didn't know it when you were 20 years old. I wish I could have, but it's here now, Amen. you know. And if you don't receive it now, 20 years from now, you're going to say, why didn't you teach this to me 20 years ago? Well, I'm here to teach it to you. We have teachers all over the place that are here to teach. Yes. Don't be one that waits and waits and waits and said, I wish I would have come. I wish I would have known because you're going to miss out on who God has created you to be. Sure, if your body ceases to be able to hold you, you were, you're with God. But God wants you here. Amen. Amen. I don't believe in reincarnation, but I do believe that every person that's born has that same spirit in them that everybody else had that died. So in a, in a sense, God's always going to have a people and there's always going to be spirit in people. So the answer is, it's how long, Lord? That's what they say in the book of Revelation. When are they going to wake up? Well, I don't think it's long. <laughs> I think many people are. So as we find ourselves completely uh, enveloped in that overshadowing love of Father, we realize that we have an impenetrable fortress and a refuge from all the storms of life. We do not deny that there's storms out there, but guess what? Storms can't bother us. Political systems falling can't bother us. Political systems uh, uh, doing good has nothing to do with our life that we're walking in. If the economy goes down, if the economy goes up, we stay the same because we're walking and living in the cool of the day. And in the cool of the day, there is no need for any other resource but Holy Spirit. Correct? And so this rest that we can come into and we must enter into, it's complete. And we are anxious for nothing whatsoever. We don't worry about anything. So when Jesus, I found it interesting this morning, when Jesus instructed his disciples and the people, five different times he said, take no thought. And that means do not be anxious about or to the idea of a distraction. And again, when you take thought, which is carnal thought, it becomes a distraction. You know, when Rodney was diagnosed with, with what he was diagnosed with, and what I was diagnosed with, what I was diagnosed with, I'm sure you guys and we took some thought, mm-hmm. right? We begin to think, well, wh- wh- what's going to happen? And what if he dies? Or what if Roy dies? Or, or what if he gets sick and they can't work? And what's going to happen? That's the thought that Jesus told us not to take thought about. Because if we're, if we're living in this cool of the day awareness, we won't think about those kind of things. He said... He told them to don't be distracted by worrying about your life or what you're going to eat or drink or your body or your clothing. Then he said, is not your immortal soul more than all of that? We are a soul, right? And literally we are immortal. We are spirit and we are holy. Now I'm not saying be foolish and if the doctor says you have something, just ignore it. But you can't let fear come into that. You, your, your thought needs to be controlled with your spirit and allow your spirit to say, I got this. Amen. I got this. Amen. And when did he got this from the foundation of the world? Yes. So in other words, if you will live as the masters over this earth and its elements that you are, all you require daily will be there without one bit of thought. And the example that the Lord gave me way before I knew any of this in 1996, after I lost a job of making over 100000 a year, I went down to $247 a week disability income for a year. And I was really worried. Driving down the street crying. You guys have heard it, but some of these people haven't. And all of a sudden, I was crying and upset. I heard, I started singing in my spirit, I surrender all. And the spirit of God spoke to me when I said, why am I singing this? And and the Lord just spoke to me. It's just like it's real right now. And said, if you'll turn all your talent over to me and follow me, you'll never lack for money the rest of your life. And I haven't since then. And I don't have a large checking account. You know, if you looked at our banking account today, it's pretty low. You'd think, wow, you're not going to make it. But guess what? My banking account is not my source. The 401k that I had is not my source. Retirement's not my source. Social Security is not my source. 
the Spirit of God inside of me is my source. And that's where the Father wants us to come to, to that awareness that we, we don't need to take any thought because thought becomes distraction. Phys a carnal thought that's apart from spirit becomes distraction, and a distraction is something that takes you from the light. Correct? You know, if I was carnally mindful, and I'm out with my wife that is my light, is my love, but what would distract me from her? would be another woman, right? And so what I do is I keep my eyes on my light. She's my light. She's my lover. She's my love. And I keep my eyes on her. And that's why I, I can't be tempted by other women. Well, with our Father, if we could just keep our eyes on the light that we are and the light that, that, that puts light inside of us, there's nothing that can distract us from that whatsoever. Because again, distraction is something that comes between you and the light. Correct? I always say this all the time. I don't know how in the world anybody can divorce to tell you the truth. But I know divorce, uh, marriage is not an endurance contest. But what I'm talking about is people have lived together for 30, 40, 50 years. Some, you know, I've heard people 55 get divorced. What happened? Something became between their love. Something, some person, something became between. And we don't want anything to come between our love, and that's our Father. Amen? So, almost in closing. <laughs> even, 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 even Father said, I'll put words in your mouth. When, when he told Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, I'm just a kid. I'm just a child. He said, don't say you're a child. And, and, and he said, don't be afraid of their faces. And he said, when you open your mouth, I'll put the words in your mouth. So you don't even have to be fearful of that. You, you, you don't have to take any thought. If you've been feeding on the truthful word and you know who you are and you know that you have an unction of the Holy One, you may not even have studied something, but it's inside of you. And you may meet somebody out in public and you feel that I need to talk to them, but I'm afraid to do it. You need to realize that if there's a, if there's a draw, then Father will put the words in your mouth. Yeah. And how many times has that happened in all of our lives? It's happened a lot. So there's only one reference to the word immortal, because we are immortal beings in the Word of God. Did you know that? Not, not mortal, but immortal. In the written word of God speaking of, of our Father Creator, and it's in 1 Timothy 1.7. And the Greek rendering is A-P-H-T-H-A-R-T-O-S, uh, aphthartos, and it's meaning undecaying in essence and continuance. And I know some might say, well, sure, God is immortal, but what about us? Well, we're of God, right? There's no difference. We're in a body, but we're of God. So this answer is, we are of Father and as our Father, so our soul is immortal. So we only need to believe and see that fact. And that's why the Apostle Paul said, we must take off this mortal mentality. And mortal means what? Liable to die mentality. We must take off this liable to die mentality and put on immortality, which is, as in, is an endless life mentality. If you have an endless life mentality, then nothing opposite of life can come unto you. We are of he who is endless. And if you're of that, then that's who you are. We were taught that we were of Adam. Yeah. We are not of Adam. We never were of Adam. Death passed on to all men, but as Kay said, nobody, they didn't have to accept it. And death is no knowledge of God and no knowledge of who they are. So in the book of Ezra, it's not in the Bible, but it's one of the books that the Catholic Church had, and there is some truth in there. Ezra saw up on Mount Zion a great people who he could not number, and they all told the story of the Lord with songs. Remember the word praise means tell the story? He asked a master messenger who they were, and the master messenger said, these are they who have put off the mortal understanding, and put on the immortal, and have confessed their nature being as our Father Creator. Now their awareness is fully spirit. And then it says experiencing victory over all carnality. 
And where that comes from on that, it says they have palms in their hands. Well, when I looked up the phrases, palms in their hand in the Greek, it says victory over, what, over their enemy. Well, what was their enemy? Carnality. Isn't that cool? You ever wonder why they waved palms and before Jesus? It's because he was the victorious one. He, he, had, he had secured and experienced total victory over all that was carnal. Then 2 Ezra 7.13 says, For the entrance of the elder world were wide and sure and brought immortal fruit. So he was writing about people who have risen awareness to the cool of the day. Elder is the same word as master. And so they have mastered who they are. They've mastered the experience of the cool of the day. And it said the entrance is wide and sure for all people. So everybody can enter into that. And I was thinking this morning, Judy Vandenberg wrote, that, wrote her song uh, about it's just one thought away. And that's all it is. It's just one thought away. And that thought has to be a spiritual thought, not a carnal thought. So the elder world is the cool of the day living. And then... Second Ezra 7:49, for what profit is it unto us if there be a promise if there be promised us immortality and we have only done works that bring death? What are the works that we uh, that brought death? Religion, doing to be, trying to please God, giving money to be blessed. You know all the stuff that we've done. So he's saying, what profit is there when we've been promised? And, and not just a promise, but a fact that we are immortal, and yet we get involved in dead works all the time, and that keeps us living as mortal because the dead works produce what? Death. Then the book of Wisdom, 115 states, for righteousness is immortal. Are we righteous? Yes. Then we are immortal. That's Wisdom 2.23, for God created man to be immortal and made him to be an image of his own eternity. That's, that's pretty high for us to understand, isn't it? But God's eternity, man, we can't even fathom what eternity is. There are people that, that says that space goes only so far. Well, if it does, what's on the other side of the wall? <laughs> there are literally billions of universes out there. And guess what? God created every bit of that for who? For man. To see the glory, but we are the glory of God. I've said this many times in the book of Genesis. It talks a little bit about the sun, moon, and the stars. It says God created the sun, the moons, and the stars, and that's it. But there's chapters and chapters about man. And then he gives Paul the revelation to explain man. And he gives John the revelation to explain who man is. And here we are today, still trying to tell you who you are. You should have known it a long time ago. I should have known it a long time ago. I should have known it from my birth. So, in Scripture, Jesus was a light that shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended him not. So what was darkness? It was no understanding. It was religious belief systems. He shined. He came. The Jews didn't understand him, Jewish leaders, and because of what they taught, the people didn't understand who he was. All they wanted us to do is seek his hands. What can you do for me? And literally, when we go to churches today, most people, we go, what can you do for me? I can't pay my bills. I messed up. I got too big a car payment. I didn't pay my taxes. You know, I need, I need to find a fish with some gold in it. You know, all that stuff. So Jesus told his disciples he would send many, many more comforters, teachers, because they couldn't understand them right now. And they would help people see the light and experience their immortal life. And that's what we're being equipped to do. We've got to help people. Jesus was, and we as our true being were hidden from the world for a time. Jesus was hidden for the world for a time. The Bible said he went out into the wilderness. In other words, he stayed, been alone until the time came that he was to reveal himself to the Jews. That's very interesting because if he had revealed himself to the Jews or Mary had earlier and let them teach him, he wouldn't have learned. He wouldn't have been a master teacher. But he was hidden. He was set apart. And Mary was told to keep him set apart. Don't expose him to this stuff. I know that. This is me, but I know that to be a fact. And that's what, then that's what again, that's what I'm after is people who have not been exposed to religion. So 
Job said, I'm almost done. Job said, we tread the path no vulture's eyes have seen and no carnal mind can find this path. A vulture lives on what? Flesh. Flesh, right? And in the Bible, flesh means to live by the do-to-be laws. It's the arm of flesh. In other words, I'm trying to tell you what you can do to become God, and it produces nothing but death. So if you're a vulture-minded person, then you cannot find the path of holiness. You cannot find... It's, it's not in all that. You won't find the way, the truth, and the life in that. And so the path we tread is shining bright, and there is, this is where this, we, we are the light of the world. We live as the divine. There is no temporal inside of us. There's nothing but permanence. Amen. There's no lack. So instead of needing healing, we just draw from our divine life. Because therein, there is no sickness. There is no disease to be healed of. We are wrapped and we are consumed in life. Rodney, this stuff that we've been going through, it's a lie. It doesn't belong to us. And that's why we've got to bring our awareness up higher and higher that we are literally wrapped and we're consumed. Every cell in our being is light. And that's God light. We, so we cover, we cover with truth those who are without. That's what we do. We bring no ill judgment. We are the light of the world. We, we gently again and lovingly nurture people as to who they are and we lift them up. And I'm telling you, I know this without a shadow of doubt. Everything that I do to bless other people brings, brings, uh, allows a divine health to flow through me, divine provision to flow through me. That's why I say when I'm in there studying, I'm not studying for me, I'm studying for you. I'm not trying to find healing for me when I study. I'm feeding for you. But guess what? That's why it strengthens me. Yes. When I'm in there studying, I, there, it just really strengthens me. And when I walk out, I, it just kind of hits me again. Mm -hmm. And when I teach, it strengthens me. So I'm doing all that I can do to stay in the Word and to keep my mind on who I am yes. and my Father. And I don't want to sit in darkness anymore. And too many people sit in darkness. At 17 times in the Old Testament, the book of Job, Psalms, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Amos use the phrase shadow of death, which is nothing more than carnal awareness. People set in a shadow of death. David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What was David walking through? A lot of religious teaching, wasn't he? And he said, I shall fear no evil. I, I shall fear no restlessness, nothing that will take me out of my rest. And so one time in the New Testament, referring to Jesus, giving light to them that sit in darkness. And again, darkness is ignorance. And the shadow of death is currently mindful. And, and so what happens is, uh, we want to walk through our experience of perfection. And that's, talk, that's in Luke 179. It's paraphrased by me. But we want to walk through this experience of perfection. The Bible says he is our peace, but literally it's he is our perfection. And who's the he? God is. Correct? To set, so to set in darkness pictures people uh, who are at rest in the law. And we know a lot of people who are at rest in the law. Yeah. They're at rest in the do to be. They're used to that. This is the way we've always done it. And they're in darkness. They're in no light. And they're set. That's what it means. They're sitting in darkness. They're at rest. And we need to kind of stir them up and get them out of their rest. So one more thing here. Yes, there will be persecutors to this light, but they can't find us. They can't find us. What I mean by that is they can't pull us over to their side. For we are caught away in the love of God's light. And, and, and they can't come and persecute us anymore. So how often the cloud of glory overshadows us constantly until the darkness goes away. So God's glory is everywhere. Isaiah said the whole earth is what? Filled with God's glory. He said, I didn't see it coming in the future. He said, I saw it now. Because he was always saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. And a messenger came and put on his tongue truth. And said, this is what you, but he had to see it before he could say it. And then when he saw it, he said, holy, holy, holy. So if you've seen it, if first you've got to believe it, then if you've seen it, you can go forth into all your world. You don't have to say out of your mouth, but you can look at him and say, holy, holy, holy. This person is full of God's glory. Yes. Therefore, we will no longer condemn people and we will no longer think evil of people.
So I willingly yield to the operation of our Father, and I pray that you do too. And the operation of our Father was what he did in the very foundation of the world. <clears throat> and the operation of his Spirit today is removing what's not true and adding what is true. What is that verse that says, I forget where it's at, but it talks about people, and it says uh, if, if, they're, if they're not ashamed, I think it, show, it says to show them the comings in and the goings out. I think that was in Isaiah. But if they'll listen to you, in other words, you can show them what's been placed inside of you. And if you'll, if you'll respond to that and you allow what's inside of you, then what will come out of you is everything that's hindering you. And that's the, that's the knowledge that you think that you have. So we are the light of the world. And the light's not hidden anymore. The lights, you know, people have been wondering, where's the light? Where's the light? When, and what they say, well, when's Jesus coming back? Because they think Jesus was the only light. But we are the light of the world. Everybody is. Yes. But there is a company of believers today that have risen up and the, light, and the light's shining bright. And I'm very excited about that. I, I live in great expectation of our future and of our present right now. It's a great day. Yes. So thank you for being here. All of you on Facebook, thank you for being with me today. And we love you very much. Uh, again, <clears throat> I just released uh, the book on the uh, wisdom of the single eye. You can find it on my webpage, drroyerichmond.com. Roy E is in Edward. And then uh, I'm getting my proof on, he, on uh, Romans here in about a week and a half. I've got to go over it again. And when I do, then I'll release it. So by the end of this month, it'll be uh, ready to order if you want to. So love you very much. Appreciate all of you.